It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait! Can't wait! Can't, can't, can't wait! It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. This is Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I am Adrian Lizer with Eric Jensen behind the glass. And if you are a fan of one Jacob C. Hatch, then today is your day as we're <laughs> heading into hour number four of. Oh, hey, thank you. Yeah. Hour number four straight of Mr. Jake Hatch as he hosted uh, Car Sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, at, uh, and then uh, was part of the Utah Jazz fan show, and now into uh, you know you do all that work just to get to your show. I know, so fun though. Yeah, yep. you've had a good morning though. How was Car Sense? It's great. Talk a lot about electric vehicles. Oh, that's a good. There's. I, I was waiting with Jeff last week. Had a great time doing that. So the was Hummer, last week? the Hummer is being re- relaunched, Adrian. I heard that, and apparently it's going to be electric and have a thousand horsepower. And Hummer's going to go from 0 to 60 in 3.0 seconds. I think it's a little bit overblown, but the fact that the Hummer's going to be electric bit. is going to be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, remember that that car blew up. Yes. It, it was like in the in the sense that it was everywhere. It was well, everyone was driving a Hummer. Correct. Um and then it kind of signified that you had money, I felt like. Right, and it was like school everyone who had large <laughs> families. Who who was it? was it P Diddy that had the Hummer? Uh, probably, yeah. probably, yeah. probably all of them had one at one point. It's it, it was one of those things. It was like the most like iconic thing for like a status symbol. I yeah. guess is what yeah. we'll call it. And then it went away because it was getting six miles on highway <laughs> to the gallon. And now it's going to be electric. Yes, and uh, but then uh, Jake, you hosted part of the Utah Jazz fan show. Their guest Tri- on the show. Yeah, yeah. you you were the guest. Trydaytrading.com. dot mm-hmm. uh, Check those guys out. Big fans of them and their big. Uh, big partners here at the station, so enjoy. Uh, I've done that show a couple times as well, and uh, it's a good time. Yeah. But now you're here. It's a blast. And uh, it's what a beautiful day today here in Salt Lake City. It's uh, this the classic winter warm before the storm, as I like to call it. You know, you always get a really nice warm day as the warm front pushes through before we get <laughs> dumped on. It's true by some sort of uh, blizzard, and uh, but it's good. Yeah. It's always good. I'll take these days. Uh, if it means the blizzard's coming through when in the does, middle of January, when does the blizzard hit? Uh, it should be Monday. I think Monday's coming. Sunday, Monday, hour. yeah. So or late tomorrow. So be careful getting home, Eric. After you work some Super Bowl coverage, should be fun. We'll get into the Super Bowl too. Yep. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to do today, Jake. And uh, otherwise, how are you? We got golf on. Things are great. It's yeah. sunny outside. The waste management open is on. Uh, that's an event I've always wanted to go to. A buddy of mine is down there for a bachelor party, and I'm so jealous. PK goes every year. That's where he's at. He's in Arizona right now. Yeah. Well, I don't blame him one bit because, yes, it looks absolutely glorious there at the Waste Management Open. Gosh, someday I can't wait to, you know, hopefully our careers progress enough that we can go to events like this. Look at that. Tony Finau tied for fifth right now, three strokes back of the leader. Billy Horschel and J.B. Holmes. Great video of him uh, wearing a Kobe jersey in yeah. one of his practice. Whole 16. Actually, that was the first round. That was the first round of the tournament. Oh, cool. So 16, they kind of created that whole um, – I hope they didn't fine him or something. Stadium environment. No, they don't because that hole, it's it's created – like you see the guys, they're telling people to get 
loud and everything. It's supposed to be rowdy. This is the one event, like the one golf tournament a year that it kind of bucks the social trend of golf where you have to be quiet. And Good. I think golfers about are the, about the golf tournament. Yeah, for real. Like, the putt's on its way. <laughs> they get rid of that. They always tournament. talk about golfers. Always talk about how mentally strong so they are. This on TV right here. This is that whole sixteen. Yeah. They've created almost just. It's almost like a Super Bowl atmosphere. Adrian, fans just going crazy. Don't don't throw around that word. Don't throw around the S word. Don't, you know, soft. Oh <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't don't throw around that word. Yeah, golfers always talk about how mentally strong it is to play golf, but then when you make a peep, they flip <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, but anyway, uh, it's it's a fun term. It kind of kicks off. The big time yeah. major, you know, the PGA season. You know, they've already had events, but this is kind of the one that a lot of people think of the most as we head into February, and uh, we're basically to spring, Jake. So get here soon. Yeah, I'm over the cold. The older I get, the less I like the cold. Well, yeah. Hey, at least we have seasons here. But yeah, you know me. I'm all about the heat. Give me the heat. <laughs> I just want to yeah, sit on the sun, you know, and just get a tan. See, but uh, Phoenix is your place to go. Then it might be. Honestly, <laughs> it's somewhere I may end up at some point in my life because I. We're going to continue to migrate south for the I, winter. I don't blame you one bit. Um, so we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into Tom Holmo's um, super secret, not so secret media summit. Annual that, media summit. Annual media summit. Sorry. As Jay Drew is very clear to state, it's not semi-annual, it's annual. He was berating all of us down there when we were down there for it. Wow. Because it used to be it was twice a year. Now it's gone to one time a year. And of course it has. People have still been saying it's semi-annual. No, it's annual. It's yeah, one time. You know, the the... The longer sports goes, the the higher the walls get. You know. Yes, it's true. That is um, true. And then uh, we're gonna get into the Jazz. Obviously, the Super Bowls tomorrow. So I'm excited to kind of break that that down with you guys. And uh, obviously, we will get into a little bit of Kobe Bryant. It has been a long week in sports, Jake. Um, but you know, we kind of want to continue the conversation a little bit because yeah, there isn't enough time to really just say, oh, that's enough time to talk about. Uh, something like that, because it was such a. Uh, now it's crazy to think six days ago Sheesh. is when uh, Kobe and his daughter and seven other people on the helicopter passed away in that horrible, horrible accident. And uh, I can't believe it's already been six days. Yeah, it is wild. It feels like it was yesterday, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit if you're okay with that. Yeah, Jake. absolutely. And uh, also live look in. We got technical fouls. We're going to let you hear from tom and then also break down some of the cuts we've also we've got a couple interviews from the station this week to play for you as chad well lewis. chad lewis who played in the super bowl and Did not play in the or super he played bowl. for andy reed he got hurt right before yes, that he super got bowl. hurt right before that's right he helped get andy reed to his first yep. super bowl wrecked his foot in that nfc championship yep. game but was part of that super bowl team in philadelphia yep and uh you know chad's a good guy and his daughter was amazing at volleyball down there at lone peak so yeah, she was um I think it was Lone Peak. Yeah, she's like Lone almost Peak. positive. Yep. Yeah, and so she was part of those. There was a. There's been a dynasty at Lone Peak High School for a long time, and <laughs> them and Pleasant Grove, and uh, those are kind of the six A powers. Once five A, and uh, but anyway, she was fabulous volleyball player down there. But uh, uh, so there's a lot to get to, Jake. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's get, get to, it. to it. Let's start. We're gonna kick it off today with the Utah Jazz as they are in action tonight. But we'll start by looking backwards uh, to what day was that? Thursday. Thursday. We'll look mm -hmm. back to Thursday right here. Eric, if you please. Here's Donovan. Guarded by Craig again. They're matching those two. Clarkson, tight curl, gets to the elbow, flares it back to Donovan. Donovan jabs at Craig, loses the ball, falls to the ground, flips it back to Clarkson. Five on the clock. Donovan flares to the wing. 
flyby by Craig, kicks to Clarkson, three ball good. 10 seconds on the shot clock, eight on the game clock now. Donovan works in the lane, big step, throws it back up top to Clarkson, settles himself, fires the three, barely even tickles the twine as it falls in in the Jazz. Take the lead, 23-21 at the end of one, a 7-0 run by the Jazz. Gobert snares his 11th rebound. Clarkson right side, fires the three, got it. 24 for Clarkson. He's always hot. Clarkson off of Bogdanovich pick. They miscommunicate, Clarkson gets the mid-range, pulls up and hits, he's got 35, 22 in the quarter. 101-98. Ingles two-man game with Gobert, Rudy rolls, catches, lets the defense slide by and then packs it. And the Rudy fans across the arena cheer loudly as the Jazz go back up by eight, 43-35. Rebound comes down to the Jazz. We'll lead this 48-43. Ingles kicks. Bogdanovich quick release. Left corner three is perfect. Man, he is just filthy. He gets rid of it so fast, and he doesn't react. Donovan tries to split a double team. Gets stymied. Kicks to the corner. Bogdanovich again from three. Bogey's got five tonight. 15 points. There you go. Some highlights from the other night as the Jazz fell to the Denver Nuggets for their third straight loss, Jake, on a back end of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they fall 106-100. to It's so much that went into that game, and a lot has gone on in this current losing streak for the Utah Jazz as they've lost to the Rockets, the Spurs, and the Nuggets, and they have a tough one tonight, although the Blazers are coming off an emotional game in L.A., but they and they're on a back-to-back, but they played fabulous last night. And uh, we'll get into tonight's game a little bit. But, Jake, the Jazz losing three in a row. What has happened to this team that has surprised you, considering they went on that amazing streak, only to get to this point where, yes, their record is 32-16 and and incredible. That's a great record, and they won 18-20. But now you look at it, you go, oh, they're 9-12 and against teams that are above 500. Um, The defense, they seem to have dropped off, although they only allowed 106 points in the last game, but um, they're coming off 126 and 127 that they've allowed in two of the losses. And the teams seem to be figuring out how to attack that defense by drawing Rudy out of the paint, getting him away from the basket. And then the switching defense as other – the Rockets started it. They are kind of the only team in the league to still do it, and they do it every single night. Correct. Uh, Jazz fans are more aware of that than any because they've done that to the Jazz in the playoffs the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the Spurs started doing it, and then the Nuggets started doing it. And in the NBA, as with any professional sport, word travels fast. <laughs> yeah, it does. And well, it we- happened one night, and then it happened a second night, and it made it to Denver in three nights of how to kind of stymie the offensive system of the Jazz in a little bit of a way. Now, to the Jazz credit, I'm sure they're going to figure out another way to attack this switching defense, but yeah, seems to be a bit of a weakness in the offensive system. Well, and that's the thing I worried about when they played the Rockets the other night. It was the way the Rockets played that game, the way they defended the Jazz, the way they they had their game plan with that kind of that five-out offense where they just really dragged Rudy Gobert away from the basket. I felt like, okay, this might be a plan that some other teams deploy to attack the Jazz, and lo and behold, that's exactly what these other teams have done so mm-hmm. far. So. You're right. The Jazz now need to kind of take the next step and now overcome this latest uh, impediment to their ability to win games. But I'm not sure that there's a a quick answer to that, if that that makes sense. Because 
when these guys are switching, the Jazz, they're so used to just moving the ball around and creating open shots. But when you're switching everything on the perimeter, uh, speaking of your opponents, it's hard to mm-hmm. generate that because they're just switching off guys and they're right. just passing it off to the next guy. That makes it really tough. And they've been able to run small. Correct. Fives essentially, yeah. other than Jokic, you know, he's going to always be on the court. But Correct. The Spurs went Rudy Gay at the five for a while, yes, which was like the first time in his career. And then, of course, the Rockets, PJ Tucker is just a he's a beast, he's only six five, but he's always had the ability to be really strong against Rudy Gobert. So, to your point, com- constantly being able to switch with guys who can guard every position, it and that's that that so that to me. I think this is the latest kind of evolution of, okay, this is how we defend Utah. Now Quinn Snyder and his staff, they have to go to work and find a new way to attack it. And I think that they're smart enough, they'll figure it out. The concern I have is how quickly that can take place, if that makes sense. Because a team like tonight, we're looking at the Portland Trailblazers, who the Jazz face tonight. They wrap up their road trip against the Blazers up there at the Moda Center. And teams like the uh, Trailblazers, where... They aren't necessarily the biggest team right now. They've had multiple injuries to their front line. Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Myers Leonard is back now, if I'm not mistaken. No, he's with uh, Miami. Oh, yeah, traded. You're right. Um, Zach Collins. Zach Collins is out. He's out, but he has been starting to work his way. Okay, so he's coming back. But Hassan Whiteside. Who was amazing last night. Yes. uh, 13-14, I think, for 30 points. So Portland's not necessarily the archetype that is going to attack the Jazz, but I could see them using this at points in the game. When Hassan Whiteside goes to the bench, I could very easily see mm-hmm. Portland going, you know what, we're going small, we're going five out, and we're going to attack the Jazz and drag Rudy Gobert or whoever the Jazz big is on the court at that time out of the out of the lineup. I'm hopeful the Jazz, we see some signs of them figuring it out. I felt like the Denver game was a better defensive effort from the Jazz outside of that 27-1 to run. That run. Just absolutely oh, wild, yeah. Because they had control of that game, and then all of a sudden they could not make a bucket, they couldn't buy a bucket, and and Denver started just making everything. And to their credit, that you know Denver undermanned too, so Correct. it's not like you, you know well, they had, Jokic ran the thing, of well, course. The last three they, opponents yeah. have been undermanned yeah. for against the Jazz, and David Locke came up with actually a very good point when he was on with DJ and PK yesterday. I hadn't even thought about this, and it just came to my mind. He mentioned the fact that okay, think about this. If Denver's at full strength, they have all their guys, Jamal Murray's out there, Paul Millsap, uh, Mason Plumlee, is Miles or Mason Plumley, Whichever Plumley brother Mason plays for Denver. They had all of their guys. Torrey Craig isn't playing that much. He's just not one of the guys in the top part of the rotation. And therefore, if had they been full strength, how much is he co- covering Donovan Mitchell and forcing Mitchell into a bad night in that yeah. regard? Before that, the San Antonio game. If LaMarcus Aldridge is available for San Antonio, the spacing's a little bit off for DeMar DeRozan. Does he go off for 38 points? It's kind of funny. David David mentioned the thing. It's, yeah, it sucks that they've lost these three games. We also look at it just in terms of what played out in these games, in terms of the lines-ups, how teams have deployed different players. It's kind of interesting how... It affects the Jazz. Even though they're playing against a shorthanded team, it changes those teams, and it actually has been to the Jazz's detriment facing those teams when they did. Yeah, and that's that's fair. They also, though, need to win these games if they're yeah, they facing do. undermanned teams. They do. And, and they've been yeah. at full strength. Uh, but, and the, the, you know, there's also to Davis' point, these are guys, they don't get to play a lot necessarily. Mm-hmm. And if, they find, if Eric Gordon finds himself running the show for 48 minutes... That's a guy who can score fifty on you. Correct. He doesn't yes. get the opportunity very much with yeah. Russell Westbrook and Eric or and uh, James Harden. Correct. And so, like you say, there's things change a little bit when you're not preparing for necessarily what you're used to seeing. 
Yeah. Um, but I feel like they, you know, this is the hard part, Jake, is you and I have talked about it. They they beat the teams they were supposed to in that streak. They and did. they, you know, they got a couple great wins against the Clippers and Dallas, mm-hmm. which really kicked off this tough sp- part of the schedule. Now they've headed into the meat of it and they lose three in a row. Are you concerned? Are you, is there any level of concern? Is it just something you should pay attention to? They're going to right the ship. I, I would say that it is a little, it is alarming to me just minorly that they did, they've kind of come into this a little bit slow yeah. considering, you know, they, they really clamped down on Dallas, no doubt. And really at the end burst out and were able to get that victory. But yeah. defensively, they were incredible after the first quarter in that Dallas game. Correct. But they started slow. Yes. And uh, starting slow against Houston, San Antonio, Denver, three losses, and you go into Portland tonight, which I think is going to be a very hard game. Well, Jeff Miller came up. Came up. He was. We were talking about this on Utah Car Sense. Damian Lillard since January first, an average of thirty four points and eight point four assists per game. It's been a monster. He just got his first triple double of his career a couple nights ago. So. And he's in the last six games, I believe, is what Jeff was saying. He's made no less than eight threes a game on average. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty impressive. The interesting part here, Adrian, is there's six games now until the NBA All Star break for the Jazz. Uh, of course, tonight at Portland, and they're back home Wednesday and Friday against Denver and Portland. This kind of funny setup where you play these two opponents almost back-to-back, it feels like. Then Houston, Dallas, Miami to finish out the run up to the All-Star game. This is a very strong run of opponents. We, you and I had previewed this in the run up to when they started this run here. Now, you get an opportunity to go to Houston and see that switching defense in all of its glory once again. You're also going to see a team in Dallas that you already faced off against. The familiarity with these opponents leads me to think, Adrian, that they're going to split most of these miniature series against these teams, uh, considering you're going to face Denver twice in short order, Portland tonight, and they're back here next week. Houston's coming up, Dallas. I think the Jazz will figure things out, and they should grind out a couple of wins here. If they can limp into the uh, all-star break, let's say they go 3-3 three and three in this stretch, considering um, how they've been a little bit exposed here, I, I, I think yeah. exposed is, an, is a good word to use with this, I think 3-3 three and three might be the best-case scenario, just how I'm looking at it right now. And anything above that, you call it a win and get ready for the the back half, I guess we should call it, the, the stretch run of the season. Yeah, it's got to Got to at least get these home games. Yes, you do, and that and they're going to be motivated. I think yes against Denver and Portland at home, and then Houston on the road. Considering how that one went, and then you got Dallas on the road and Miami. Man, that is a tough go. Yeah, there's six games leading man. up to the end. Like I mentioned, they nine and twelve against teams above five hundred. This is a great test yep. going into the All Star break of whether or not they can kind of even out that record because I don't know if it's something that you really get alarmed by right now that record against plus five hundred. No. But if the streak continues, correct, you can talk about beating the teams in the gutter of the NBA all you want, mm-hmm. and that's what you're supposed to do if you're comp- if you're competing to put yourself into a title. But you gotta eventually start beating the teams that are among the upper echelon. Yeah, I'm... yeah. What's up, Eric? So. I I do have a question kind of throughout I've been tracking the jazz a little bit closer uh recently the where do you guys see from a player perspective one thing that was kind of concerning to me about the Denver game was Donovan Mitchell and I I get he's played really really well this year he's an all-star but it seems like the nights he is off he's like really off and the nights when he's on he's he's really on do you 
would you agree with that assessment? And I guess my second question would be, kind of that next step of his career, do you think that is when he has an off night, maybe instead of four points, it's increasing that number to, like, say, 10 or 12 points like some of the other kind of all-stars throughout the league? Uh, well, my first response to that is that was probably the worst game of his entire I was going to say, that's among For them, him, unfortunately. And yeah. uh, to your point, he was off. And that's I think this, it's kind of like the second in semi-recent me- uh, memory uh, when he, he played Charlotte and he only had four points mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah. But really, he's been kind of he's, – he's a walking 25. Yeah. He averages we, 24 a game, but he's yeah. walking 25. And so, to me – and I don't know if he's 100%. Because every game we keep seeing him go. David mentioned this yesterday in, as well. Into the tunnel, but he comes back. So And David's not sure if he's going all the way back to the locker room yeah. as well. Yeah, the problem with Twitter is you keep seeing these tweets that are like, oh, Donovan went to the locker room. He may not have. He just goes mm-hmm. into the tunnel. You he, don't know where he's yeah. at. So yeah. uh, to answer your question, Eric, I don't really think there's any cause for concern when it comes to Donovan's game because he does have the tendency to, even if he starts slow, he's getting everyone involved, and then he'll he'll give you a third or a fourth quarter where he just – explodes and puts a team away. And then during that course of the game, Boyan has you know quietly put up 27. You don't even realize it. And then Donovan puts the game away. So I would expect that it, the thing that is a little concerning is if he's not 100%. And there's something Austin said on his show that I, th- I totally agreed with where he just said, if you're not 100, he has earned the right to take a game off yeah. and sit and get healthy. And I know he wants to push through it, but we've seen this organization – really be careful with injuries like that and um, maybe take a day off and maybe that helps Donovan. It could, absolutely. And I, maybe saying, I want to push to the All-Star break. Well, now you're playing in the All-Star game. Exactly. That's so. what I wanted to get to here is, yeah, <clears throat> a lot of people think, okay, well, if you can just make it to the All-Star break, you get some time off. I get that they've extended the All-Star break to give a little extra time off for guys who are participating in the game, but we have two All-Stars and you have to travel to Chicago, you have to travel back, whatever you're doing. It doesn't give you as much rest as you would think. So I'm with you. I'm with Austin. I'm with you, Adrian. In that regard, if he does need to take a night or two to get himself right, yeah. do it. Not to mention there is a chance with the kind of caliber player he is that the NBA asks him to participate in a special event like the dunk contest. I'm sure that's already right. been abroached with him. Yeah, I'm sure he's already <laughs> been asked and probably say no to something like that. But yeah, but but he will be. To your point, Eric, he will be on display a lot during the All Star Weekend. So. Um, if you need it, take it. Plus, you want to play in that game. You don't want to be some. You know, you don't want to go into it and be like, oh, I can't really pull this off this time. Yeah. Because you never know. I I believe Donovan was gonna be a multi 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 time All Star. But you never you never know until you get that second, your third, your fourth. You know, you just don't. Correct. And so I hope that he, I think he should. If something's up and we don't know, I honestly don't know. Well, see, you can say, "Oh, you know," but you're not saying so on air. No, I, yeah. I really don't know what's wrong with him. Other than I see that he keeps going to the lot uh, or back into the minimum tunnel. into the tunnel yeah. and then coming back. So I see the funny thing about this, Adrian, is last year, this time of year, what was the big conversation piece? Rudy Gobert got screwed. He didn't make the All Star game. This year, we've got two All Stars. We need to say congratulations to yeah. both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy yeah. on making that. That's there's not. But the funny thing is how this season has gone, Adrian. The talking point has not been how many All-Stars are we going to get. It's just been this Jazz team is really, really good. The focus has been on how good can they be, how yeah. good can they become playoff time. This three-game stretch where they've lost these three games, a little bit concerning, but I'm with you. The the 9-12 and 12 mark against over 500 teams, 
I'm not at the point of fretting about it because there's still plenty of season to go here. But in the next month or so after this All-Star break comes and goes, that's when you start looking at it and saying, okay, you guys need to start showing that you guys can beat these top-level right. teams. That's who you're going to see in the playoffs. Yep, exactly. and, and a friend of mine always makes a really good point to me when I – because I, I do have a tendency, I think, to overreact a little bit about the Jazz sometimes. No, we none of us do that ever. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, and he said, you know, look at what this team's record is la- this year compared to the last three years. The Jazz are always a second-half team. Yeah, they have been they, traditionally. They are always a second-half team, and if this is the base that they have to go off and they start making a run in that second half, like, the sky's the, the limit, basically. Yeah, yeah and the, the one thing I would add to that, though, is, say, last year, the second half, they ended with the kind of the streak they got in the middle of the season – or up to this point in the season, Jake, where they mm-hmm. faced all those teams. That happened last year in, in the final 15 or so games. Yeah. Remember, they won 14 in the final 15, but it was right. against all those teams that they yes. were far superior to. So I'm to your point, Eric, I'm really interested to see, does that second half kick in against a much tougher schedule? Yeah. And especially into this heading into the All-Star break. Yeah. Because no, you come true. out of the All-Star break and it's a little lighter. But it is. The, but then it ends tough again. So... Uh, this is the NBA, and you got to. They they will. I believe they will because I believe the Jazz are really well coached and they have very good players. That I think they'll figure this out. But it has been interesting to see kind of them, you know, other teams find a flaw maybe in what the Jazz are doing because every team has one. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Unless you're the Warriors, where you have four All Star starters, there's not a lot of flaws with that team. And even if there is, it doesn't matter because KD and Steph can give you 48 every single night. So, exactly. That's, that's, um, this isn't that team, obviously, and so it's interesting to see. And that's why these coaches get paid so much money. They are the best 30 basketball coaches in the world for yeah. this reason. You can give Mike D'Antoni all the, you know, all the guff you want, Yeah, but, but you can admit that he came in with a game plan and it worked. Yes, exactly. And so uh, it, it'll be interesting tonight. Jake, you mentioned Damian lately. I pulled up his last five games. Yeah. Is it five that he's done this In the last five games, just just because I think that's a good number, 48 points a game, (laughs) 9.8 assists, eight rebounds, 14 attempts from three a game, hitting 56% of them. Oh, my gosh. And playing 41 minutes. Yeah, so the eight made threes on average a game, essentially. That just – those numbers are bizarre. Abnormal. He, yeah, he's playing out of his mind, and uh, it's cool. Him, we like watching. He's. Yeah. I've always said he is my favorite player in the NBA just to watch. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know if I don't think he's the best player in the NBA, but he might be my favorite just to watch, and uh, he's been showing it lately. So, uh, a lot of fun conversation there, Jake. Yeah. Uh, uh, coming up on the other side, let's get into a little bit more with the NBA uh, and the Super Bowl. A lot of other news you have missed, including uh, All Star snubs, things like that, Jake. And uh, we'll get into Kobe Bryant's passing as well. A lot to get to here on the Saturday show. Jay Catch, I'm Andrew Lizer here on the Zone Sports Network. Work. Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. We are with you from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock mostly every Saturday. Just in case there's yeah. a little scheduling conflict, but most of the time we're here from 1 to 4 mm-hmm. or we're out and about. So come see us. If you enjoy the show, please podcast us or uh, link us to your Zone Sports app favorites and all that. Get us wherever you do your podcasting. 
Uh, if you like Jake and I's show, we appreciate it, and uh, we truly do appreciate every single listener who listens to us because it's Saturday. You could be doing anything. Correct. Yeah. So whatever you're doing out there, we really appreciate it. And uh, since I'm, you know, since I'm selfish and I think about myself mostly, uh, I like when people listen to my show. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, but also uh, don't forget to follow Jake. If you're a BYU fan, he has locked on Cougars uh, every single day. I don't know how you do it, but you do, and it's your daily BYU Cougars sports podcast. We have some fun with it. It's a lot of fun to do. Can't complain. Yep, and uh, we'll get into some of those sports, Jake, and the local looking. A lot to talk about today later in the show as well. we jump around the state of Utah and local sports. Uh, Jake, last night the – Lakers hosted the Blazers, as we mentioned, but first home game for the Lakers since the passing of Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a tremendous tribute that they paid to him. Uh, I thought LeBron James couldn't have been better yeah. in his uh, pregame speech, uh, even down to the, they want me to stick to these cards, but you know, basically said, screw it. Yeah, I'm going to talk how I want to talk. And I, I thought he was fabulous for what they were looking You know, I kind of – I I know this is blasphemy to say in this – state but i i wanted the lakers to win last night and just considering the circumstance and uh unfortunately for them the blazers got the best of them but uh kobe bryant passes away jake as well as eight others including his daughter Gigi. and i you know i'll just we haven't had really a chance to talk about it you did a little bit on the tri-day trading show but uh such a shocking stunning moment of time that you know i'll never forget where i was i was just eating breakfast and the person I was with, I would look, looked at my phone, and I just looked up. I just said, "Kobe died," Jeez. and they were like, "What?" Yeah, and just a just a wild day, and I was so emotional about it, especially in his daughter and those other young athletes who passed away, and their parents, and uh, it was horrible. And um, anyway, just uh, just a guy who was just so much bigger than the sport of basketball but when it came down to it he just he loved the game of basketball and austin said it yesterday to me he said no one loved basketball as much as kobe bryant and i think you might be right about that yeah kobe he is uh basketball to many young people around this country he was drafted when i was six years old i yeah you know i started playing sports because of kobe bryant like i wanted to play basketball because of kobe Mm -hmm. and i was kind of you know he was my mj yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah, it, and that with many of this generation of basketball player now, they grew up Kobe fans. So. They did anyway. So it's a ubiquitous term, of, of course, when people like when Kobe was in his heyday, and it still exists to this day. But you see a wastebasket, something to toss in there, people would yell Kobe. Yep, it was just it was ubiquitous. It was just it was what it was, and there are many young people now that for them Kobe Bryant was just the guy, mm-hmm. and. I understand why it's hit so many people so hard. The one thing that I'm surprised by is how hard I was hit yeah. by it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I grew up a fan of the Utah Jazz. They were my team, and watching Kobe do what he did just served to infuriate me because he's the he was too good. He just beat, beat my team, and he acknowledged his relationship with Jazz he fans did. too. And it he was did. you know it was it was hate on the court, but usually love off the court. Yeah. Know? He he loved playing here in Utah because he liked the he liked the way the fans were in, engaged in the game and just the back and forth that they had with him. And when he passed away, it just felt like one of the bright lights in the sport of basketball got knocked out way too soon. Yeah, I just you know I expect him to be like any of these other legends, just growing old and watching him. Yeah, you know, raise his kids, and he had so much embraced his post basketball life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy who he went out and you know I sat front row at his final press conference here. Uh, yeah, I got some grief for it, 
Why? Because I, you know, I just was some radio producer and I walked myself to the front line oh, and I whatever. sat there. But uh, uh, I'm glad I did. And I got to watch this guy explain yeah. his career and his life and what he was looking forward to. And they asked him about ownership. And I rem- remember him being like, no, that's not, you know, that's not for me, you know. And he was so huge for men's and women's basketball. And it was, it really hit me, you know, when with his daughter passing away, I've coached so many 13 year olds in my life as a volleyball coach and just imagining that it's just horrific and uh watching him try to create the love or not create but his Gigi loved basketball and he got to share that with her and uh you know thinking I don't know if I'll ever have kids but if I do I would hope that one of them would have the love of volleyball just so that I could kind of show that because I you know I that is me is volleyball and I love that game and I would love to be able to kind of do what he was doing with Gigi and it's so sad to see them be cut down from that but you know his his legend's gonna live on and he was I got to interact with him a couple times and he was always nice I shook his hand at that press conference and uh you know I won't forget it and he's a guy who really he turned his life around and uh re you know reclaimed his image and correct um did so much for so many people this is in his career and after this is a guy who bought one of the really interesting stories to me this week, he bought a, a gym literally for for his daughter yeah. and, and, or for, and basically funded and started up this AAU team for her. I mean, that that is that speaks volumes about what kind of a person he was. Yeah, well, Gigi kind of brought him back into basketball. He yeah. was he was all set to step aside from basketball and leave it in his in his past when he retired from the NBA. He played 20 years. And that's a long time to play professional basketball, and he accomplished essentially everything he wanted to in the game of basketball, and he essentially had stepped away and just had moved on with his life, and Gigi, her love for the sport is kind of what brought him back in, like you're referencing to, Eric, is the he bought yeah, the Mamba Academy that he was headed to when this tragedy occurred. It, it's cool to have really looked at what he did in the short time he was out of basketball, yeah. and it just looked like he was just on the cusp of really doing some big things with his second act. Yeah, I think he had a lot. He had a lot left to offer, and his name still will. Oh yeah, have a lot to offer, and um, you know, reading Vanessa's statement a couple of days later, mm-hmm. it's just, just heart wrenching. And then, but they're you know they're raising money for the other victims in that in that yeah. accident and uh um i i believe his name will continue to um it, it will continue on what it had yeah. and it's just you know it's it just hit me it was just so sudden and a guy that you know as an athlete i looked up to so much cuz and i could not i would love to say that i had intensity and drive when i was growing up playing sports but it was nothing compared to that guy and what he did you have matched COVID and what he wanted to achieve and you know i wanted to be great in sports but nothing like that and uh he was you know blessed with the athleticism and the skills but he 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 taught i think he taught that intensity and that competitiveness and uh you know tony talked about on monday just said he was so good off the court too uh, whenever he was uh, with the media and everything like that. And it, it's, and Tony was telling the story, which I found really interesting that people were, I was like, Oh, they would ask him all the time. Oh, Kobe's such a jerk. Isn't he? Kobe was such a jerk. They and Tony, want- and because they yeah. wanted to know, yeah. they wanted that to be the truth because that's how he was on the court. Mm-hmm. And Tony would always say, no, like he was so good to work with. Correct. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think, and you know, and the, there's a lesson in all this is that we, you know, you never know, and I think that's kind of the thing that's come out of this, Jake, that I've loved is that 
you know, people have really, it, the perspective of people is, you know, you know, you never know. So, you know, let everyone around, you know, I know you tweeted about it yeah. when you put your kids down for their nap and, uh, it's, it's just, I'm sure as a father, it, it makes it, you think, it makes back. you think, yeah. yeah. And the, the biggest thing with this is I, I know there's been a lot of tributes going out. NBA teams around the league, even uh, college programs have been doing a lot of things to honor Kobe Bryant. I think the coolest thing that's happened, and this is just my opinion on this, is the fact that the NBA All-Star Game, they've revamped it to honor Kobe yeah. coming up. It's going to have uh, three quarters of 12 minutes of action. The, the score at each end of the quarter will be put together in the fourth quarter, but you're going to play 0-0 games in the first three quarters. And then they're doing it's essentially a modified Elam ending game. And the yeah. Elam ending is a unique way to end a basketball game. I actually think it's a fascinating idea. But the scores at the end of those three quarters will all be put together at the fourth quarter, and it'll be an untimed fourth quarter, and the first team to reach the Elam ending with 24 points wins the game. Yeah. And so I think it's a cool, cool tribute. It's cool. Change it up a little bit. Exactly. The thing about the All-Star game is it has gotten stale. Yes. And uh, this, I think that's a great, like you said, great way to pay tribute to Kobe. and. But also change the format yeah. of the All-Star game a little bit and have some fun with it. I th- I think the NBA is handling this the right way. You're right. LeBron last night, I was impressed LeBron got through that speech as well as he did. Yeah, and, you know, I this is why, I, I don't know, I shouldn't even be on Twitter because it's such like a toxic oh, place a lot of times. Yeah. You know, people talk about, oh, here goes LeBron making it about himself again. It, I didn't feel no. that way. He was, you know, spe- you know, while Usher was singing and they were, um, I said, I don't want to mess up the guy's name who played the cello and to the tribute and, you could see how emotional LeBron was, and you know, I I thought he uh, how you the the strength to go out there and stand at center court at Staples Center, mm-hmm. the place that Kobe built, and give a speech to the world yeah. at that moment. Uh, I thought he he couldn't have handled it better. And I'm with you. I'm surprised you got through it. Yeah, but it was a fantastic tribute, and Kobe's legacy is going to live on for yep. a long time. There's no doubt about it. There's no chance that he's going to be a forgotten figure in NBA circles just because of how legendary of a player he was. And you're right. He had some missteps earlier on in his career. You can't ignore the Eagle Colorado right. situation at all. And there have been some people who said, well, that should – guess what? People grow up. Mm-hmm. People change. Kobe had become quite the devoted father. The guy was commuting by helicopter because he wanted Father to, and husband, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he wanted to be – more involved in his family's lives. That's why he flew in helicopters. Mm-hmm. He could make what could be a two-hour commute in 15 minutes. Yeah. It allowed him to go pick up his kids from school. Let him do all these different things to be involved with his family, and that's to be commended. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just everything with the Kobe Bryant situation, it feels like six days ago is almost like a year ago. Yeah. How much has gone It on. feels that long, and it yeah. also feels like yeah, it just happened. It just happened. Yeah, it's it's you're bizarre right. and uh, just the feeling I'm with you, Jake. I was surprised at how hard it hit me, and then when mm-hmm. I thought about it, I thought, "Oh, there's a reason for yeah. how hard I'm taking this." And Correct. I still will, and I, you know, I, you know, I ho- hope to explain to you know players that I coach competitiveness, and yeah. I'll use him as an example. The Mamba of, mentality. Yeah. It, it's something that I think people can point to for a long time, and. Like I said, his legacy is not going to soon be forgotten. It's going to live on for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it's just it, it feels um, almost unfair that Kobe Bryant is gone so yeah. soon. And yeah. I know that sounds, I don't know, I don't, it sounds trite or whatever, but it's just, it, oh, there you go, right there. There's a perfect example of it. There's a, a bunch of these golfers co- uh, have been wearing Kobe jerseys all, yeah. all week long. Tony Finau uh, hit that putt wearing a Kobe jersey on the 16th hole. 
it's cool to see how much of an impact that Kobe Bryant has had. And it extends just beyond basketball circles. Yeah. It's in every di- every facet of America that people understand the magnitude of what this man did. Yep, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, rest in, uh, rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi yeah. and everyone else on that uh, helicopter flight. Yeah, and, the, uh, the Altabelli family, yeah. What their, the baseball coach down at Orange Coast. I didn't know anything about him until this whole tragedy. Yeah. Occurred, but I've been reading up a bunch on what he's done at that community college in particular. Yeah, the other seven people are not to be forgotten. No, for all. sure. Um, all right, coming up on the other side, we'll uh, we'll bring back a, le- a little levity here to the Saturday show, but I really wanted to discuss that at least a little bit. And yeah, uh, really. I know it's been talked about a lot, but uh, I, you know, Guess we what? wanted to get our. It's not going away anytime yeah, soon, for sure. And uh, and we'll probably talk about Kobe for months and months and months, if not years, on this show. Hopefully, we're still doing the show That's for that. The hope. Uh, but all right, coming up on the other side, we'll get into technical fouls, and then we'll. Head into the 2 o'clock hour, let you hear from Tom Holmo. We'll switch to a little bit of football conversation. Chad Lewis, uh, the Super Bowl coming up. And also we'll get back into the Jazz tonight as they take on the Portland Trailblazers. So a fun day here on the Zone Sports Network and a lot to talk about. Uh, So we'll be back right after this here on the Zone. The weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Because that's a technical foul. You won't feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show, Technical Fouls time. And if you're new to the show, Technical Fouls is our short contribution to letting people know who, who did stupid things. That Well, guess what? You shouldn't do that again, or else you yes. get called out. Indeed. All right, Adrian, I'm gonna let, you want to start, or should I sure. start? Okay, go ahead. Uh, technical foul on, um, I don't know, a few people in the city of Seattle. Okay. Where uh, the NHL is expected to have an expansion team up there. And the name they have, have you seen this? The name they've come up with? The Seattle Kraken. What? It's not very hockey-ish. No, that's not very hockey Of course, the uh, giant squid octopus thing of the sea. The Kraken, The Seattle Kraken. I actually think of Pirates of the Caribbean. That's the thing. My first thought is Jack Sparrow and Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. I will say it is tough to come up with a name these days when it comes to new franchises. But as a hockey person, I'm not bothered by that. I think the Kraken's a fantastic name. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just have to disagree because I think it's a poor sports name. It is a poor sports name. The logo, though... The would, logo is cool. Would be really. I yeah. can see some cool things with an octopus and like a hockey sticks and everything. You do some cool logos with it, but I'm also of the thought that the Kraken, not necessarily a great sports. Team. I don't know, and I don't know what that has to do with Seattle. But yeah, but of course the Jazz has nothing to do with Utah, but it just came with them. It came with them when they made the transition. You're right. What would you name the hockey team? I don't know. I haven't thought something with. Um, I don't know. What do they have up there? No, it's the Northwest a bunch yeah, of rain. There's lots of things they could name it after. There's rain. There's Killer whales. There's <laughs> yeah, so the, their their rugby team up there, the the Sea Wolves. They're it's a killer whale. There you go. The Seattle Sea Wolves. They've won both of the first two major league rugby titles. And I have lots existence. of family that lives in Seattle. There you go. They could have come up with something. Yeah. 
Well, although if they did like a fan boat, they'd come out with like Bodie McBoatface or something. Yes, please. Yeah, at some point, I want, I, I want Teamy McTeamface to be a team. Remember the the um, Salt Lake Screaming Eagles. The Salt Lake Screaming Eagles were supposed to be something else, and the, the, the Storm and Mormons. Yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, congratulations!" Yeah, the Eagles won. The Eagles. What? The, the one that no one had heard of. Yeah, it wasn't even on the finalist list. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that that made me chuckle. That was pretty bad. All right, I got one here, Adrian. Uh, Morris Berger, uh, Berger Berger. I'm not saying last name correctly. Well, he was hired recently as Grand Valley State's offensive coordinator. Well, yes, he's, I no, saw that. he's no longer the offensive coordinator at Grand Valley State. You may wonder why. Well, it's because he did an interview with the Grand Valley Lantern, the students, the school student-run newspaper. He was asked with which three historical figures would he want to have dinner. Okay, seems like a pretty innocuous question. Sure. The problem that came up is when he said this. This is probably not going to get a good review. I'm quoting this directly. This is probably not going to get a good review, but I'm going to say Adolf Hitler. And he went on to explain some do of it. Do I have to dump that? No. No, no, no. you don't. But, we can. but he <laughs> but so he went on so now three days after he made these comments, he has been fired. There should be an additional um, technical foul given to a member of the athletic department who called the student-run newspaper, the sports editor, and had them take the comments out, which were then restored later. Yeah, no, that yeah, that ain't it. And uh, he should have been immediately fired. Yeah. And I'm glad that he is no longer employed. Yeah. So by that, not necessarily the right person. That's, that's not it. Nope. No. Uh, go go ahead, Eric. <laughs> M- mine's a bit lighter. Okay, uh, please. <laughs> we we all. Uh, we just acknowledge our listeners are, by and large, smart people, very yes. smart people. Yeah. Yes. This is more of a pre-technical foul, and, and I would say a warning. Okay. Now, if you're a listener and you're going to a Super Bowl party tomorrow, don't bring a vegetable tray. <laughs> don't, don't be the person who brings the hey. vegetable tray to a Super Bowl party. They go with Because wings. technical foul okay. on you immediately after that happens because wh- who brings no one eats the vegetable tray no no one cares about the vegetable tray there are so many other things that you could bring you could what bring about hummus some jello you could bring <laughs> hey, i love cookies. carrot sticks okay that's the thing I've, like, I'm, I'm a big wings guy on super bowl sunday and celery and carrots go hand in hand with wings celery is disgusting but, what? Okay. But if, I'm with you. Don't bring it, that broccoli tray it, in. Give right, me some exactly. Sticks. If it comes, okay, if you're bringing wings and it but comes you're with saying, celery You're and saying carrots, like the cucumber, the olives. Yeah, like that, the Costco-style yeah. vegetable plate. Okay. Don't bring that to a Super Bowl party. You're going to look like a fool I'm and don't my, do it. I'm putting my foot down on this one, Eric. We need to eat better in this country, and so you might as well bring something along. No, wrong. No, we need. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> we need improved health and diet. False. And so this, uh, for me, I say bring it on. Will I eat more wings than carrots? Sure, but at least I'll feel decent about myself. I, I'm going to bridge the gap. At least have it as an option. Yeah. <sighs> at least Please. have it as an option. But no. take it home with you because it makes me feel better that I at least the options there. How about that? Don't leave it though. Yeah, don't leave it at the house. No. Bring it with you. And yeah. don't be the person, if you don't bring it, to eat the vegetable tray. Don't patronize those people. <laughs> I will. I will be that person. Shame you into eating a carrot. <laughs> All right. Uh, come, that'll do it for technical fouls. Um, coming up on the other side, Jake, do you want to go Tom Holmo here? We'll let, I will let people hear from him as he spoke with the media in his annual mm-hmm. media, media roundtable. Uh, round it went about 45 minutes. We will not play all 45 minutes of it, but uh, we'll let you hear a good chunk of it. Uh, then we'll get into the Super Bowl as the matchup, like uh, Eric was mentioning. It's carrots versus wings. 
on uh, Sunday afternoon, and we'll get into that a little bit. And then the live looking or local looking uh, from around the state of Utah. A lot of interesting stories going on, including BYU volleyball dominance. You've got Utah Warriors rugby kicking things off, uh, men's and women's or uh, women's basketball all around the state, and a local uh, who is in a in a uh, in the lead. Okay, down yeah. there in Phoenix. So we'll get into that as well. That's all coming up here on the Saturday show.